Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's me, Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, reporting live from underneath Andrew Cuomo's desk. I am going to do a quick Married at First Sight recap, but first I wanted to do another little section called Everyone's Business But Rona, in which I I talk about everything else that could possibly be going on aside from the news that's going on in this world. I hope that everybody's feeling great. I hope that everybody is, you know people, if you're not feeling so great, I hope you're on the upswing and I hope you're recovering. I hope that we can get out of this. Um, you know, Daddy Cuomo's got us on punishment again until the April 15th. I live in New York, for, if you guys don't know. So, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> I'm stressed. You know, it's, you know, like when we were younger and we were in like elementary school and the teacher is like, oh, you guys, if you guys can just be quiet for like five or 10 minutes, all of you have to be quiet, then, you know, you get like a pizza party or something. And I just feel like everybody knows this and everybody keeps screaming (laughs) and I just want this to be over. Anyway, let's get into things that are um, different. I want to just start and say, you guys know that I'm a Kardashian head. Um, I... I'm loving. I've been waiting for this moment. I've invested so much time and effort into this family for me, for me to not get my returns and my dividends. And by that, I mean, I've been waiting for the, you know, the uh, second wave of children to revolt, to reveal the true tea of what's going on in this family. And we got just like the tip of the iceberg with, of course, the oldest child, Mason. Now, if you guys haven't seen, he, um, Mason's 10 and he 
uh, got on Instagram last week and did an Instagram live in which he revealed that Kylie and Travis are not together. Um, however, his Instagram got quickly taken down by his parents, Scott and Courtney. She had a live for Poosh, her (sighs) wellness blog, and that she admitted basically told the whole whole story that Mason does not have a phone he has an iPad and he has like a computer that he uses for school but he doesn't have a phone they didn't know that he had signed up for Instagram I believe you have to be like 13 to sign up anyway um so they told him like you cannot do this however Mason has had a TikTok that they obviously know about because Courtney's been on it for at least a few months and so he deleted the Instagram, went on TikTok live either like a day or two later and was complaining about how his, he was pissed that his Instagram got taken away because he was close to having 2.7 million followers. And yeah, I think he didn't really admit anything that, but I just love how he was like, fuck you, Courtney, you're not my real mom. And he just like pays no attention to her. Now, this is just the start of more things to come. Uh, if I had to guess who might be the most wild, I mean, clearly North is, uh, Kanye's daughter through and through. So keep both eyes on that. Um, if I had to guess, I, I feel really good about Penelope. I feel like she's going to go to like fashion school and like, just keep her head down and be like really cute. And like, I, I see Penelope moving to New York and like living her best life doing that. Right. I worry about rain. Rain is rain is number one for me. I mean, it's obvious that the Disney kids are not going to be, uh, you know, they're they're not well trained, and that's obvious, and it's not their fault. And I feel no problem saying that because it's it's not their fault. Okay, <laughs> but but yeah, I'm gonna give it to Mason and Rain. I think they are gonna go in like Greasy Bear and Gummy Bear and just like cause havoc on all of Hollywood, and I can't wait to see it. Um, so if you guys have not seen those clips, I highly suggest it. Uh, next, uh, Ariana Grande has found herself a little COVID boyfriend. His name is, um, Dalton Gomez. He is a real estate agent. Uh, they basically found out that they were together because I guess he's been quarantining with her on her Instagram stories. Seems to be like a high end, uh, real estate agent. Um, people keep noting from the picture that you can see that he looks like a, like a vacation Bible school version of Pete Davidson. Somebody called him repeat Davidson, which I think was really funny. Um, so I hope she's very happy. I, you know, I, everybody deserves a little quarantine boo thing. I don't think this is going to last very long, but you know, why does it have to? Three weeks is great. Um, next, I just wanted to get into the things that I, just a couple things that I find have been really taking my mind off things and I find really entertaining. First of all is something called Brad Bucks. If you guys are like hip to, you know, old Bravo, you know who Rachel Zoe is and you know Brad Goreski from her show. And also he had a spinoff show called It's a Brad Brad World. Um, he has a husband named Gary Janetti who is famous, I think, probably most famous for like, he used to write for Family Guy. I think he might still. And he is famous on Instagram for kind of like taking the voice, adopting the voice of, um, oh my God, what is that kid's name? The Little Prince, William and Kate's Little Prince. And he's just like, has created this like whole snarky account based on like what he thinks that um, this kid is going to say. And he's very funny. So basically 
I've been I've been having my radar on Gary and Brad for quite some time because they went on a vacation over the summer and there's just something like I don't know what it is about <laughs> Gary that is so fascinating but you can tell that he's like very neurotic very particular about food especially and so he has created something called the Gary which is uh, if you go to Starbucks you get an iced cafe mocha two pumps of mocha no uh, whip almond milk, grande ice cafe, mocha. So <clears throat> obviously because they're quarantined inside, they have had to try and recreate this drink at home. And just like the whole process of like how they try and figure it out, how particular Gary is about like the glass, not leaving rings on the table. I, I really don't know. It sounds so like boring and just like a lot of minutiae but I swear to you it's like incredibly endearing is incredibly fascinating I think they're on like day 14 of this and every time it's just the same thing and I just want to know if Gary likes his drink at the end of it I I don't know why it's trust me you guys it's really interesting um another thing you guys uh there is a great great documentary that is not new at all it's called the wild and wonderful whites of west virginia it is now available if you guys have a prime account it's on amazon prime for free you guys this it could not come at more of a better time if you guys are uh watching tiger king this is kind of like the redneck cousin to tiger king uh there's no like animal abuse involved there's Lots of other abuse, but this is about this family from West Virginia. Their last name's White, and they're so wild and wonderful. I mean, I I can't even get into it. There is, like, you know, like a precocious child who talks about murdering his stepfather, and there is, um, you know, like a, a stripper of the family who's the sexy one. Um, you know, judge that for yourself. These people are just so fascinating. If you're really into that, like, slice of life, people who, like, have no idea, they're, you know, they're not aware of the cameras, they don't give a fuck, like, they are just wild as can be. And it's just like a whole family of hellions and how they live their life. It's so, so fascinating. Um, So I would definitely check that out. And if you guys want to check out a companion piece to that, uh, I would suggest listening to Liz Bentley and Troy McGeady talk about it. I think it came on both of their feeds. So if you guys listen to the Dunzo podcast or Feathers in My Hair Definitely go back and see there's a Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia uh, episode that they did that is like truly the perfect companion piece to the documentary. Um, So definitely recommend that. Into Bravo News is my last little bit is that you guys, did you know that Jill Zarin's daughter, Allie, is only like biological? No, that obviously this is her child, but apparently Jill Zarin alleges that she was blackmailed into telling Allie that she was um, <clears throat> uh, conceived by a sperm donor. So we all know that like Bobby, rest in peace with Bobby Zarin, the goat, that he was not her, you know, that was her stepfather. And we were always led to believe that her Jill's first husband was Allie's biological father comes to find out that they were not able to conceive uh naturally so Jill had to find a sperm donor um to give you know to be able to give birth so basically what happened is that um Jill was on a podcast and 
essentially what happened is that her ex-husband's wife, um, who he's also uh, <laughs> divorced from, uh, Jill re refers that this lady is a, quote, drug alcoholic. So apparently what happened is, okay, when Stephen and his, and his second wife, with whom he had three boys, were getting divorced a few years ago, his wife, whom Jill claimed is a drug alcoholic, allegedly, <laughs> drug alcoholic is so funny to me, allegedly emailed Jill to ask a, quote, question of the day, asking, why is Allie the fattest in the Shapiro family? Why does Allie have blue eyes and no one else does? Why is she the shortest one? The alleged email, which Jill said was sent to 15 other family members, rattled her as she claimed she knew what the woman was referring to. That years earlier, when Stephen and Jill were having trouble getting pregnant, they decided to use a sperm donor to create Allie. Um, so Jill said she received the email in April, but in August of last year, Allie was snooping through Jill's email and found this message. So Allie confronted her, Jill sat her down, conferenced in with her father, Stephen, and they told her the truth. So apparently Allie was not upset about the situation, but she, you know, was just upset about like, you know, the fact that her stepmother was being like intentionally, intentionally cruel. Um, so yeah, you guys, I don't know if y'all heard that, but that is a wild story. Um, yeah, so here I'm going to go with the Married at First Sight recap after that. You guys have a great week. Tomorrow I will be recording a special episode of Tiger, about Tiger King with Princess. So get ready for that. That'll be out later this week. I'll be recapping 90 Day Fiance. And yeah, I guys, I hope you have the best week. Before taxes, for before anything like the actual salary. Montre, I know we said we won't walk away, but honestly, I am at my breaking point right now. I need to step away from this because I'm not going to sit here and have a conversation with him when all he's doing is lying. That is not the number. He's going to keep writing down false numbers. He's just going to keep getting lower. That, like, why not just be honest? episode of Married at First Sight was a real, uh, I mean, I would say high-low, but it was more of a low-low for me. 
Um, I was like so infuriated the whole time, so might as well get started, right? <clears throat> so uh, Jessica and Austin go to dinner. Keep in mind, Jessica has been wanting to say that she loves Austin this whole time. She's really feeling it, but she's been like really nervous to say it back to him because she knows that he's not going to say it back. Um, he's made it very clear that like, you know, he's on his own timeline. They're in a good space. You can tell that he's really, really seems to like her. He says that he's crazy about her. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's right where he should be. And if she loves him, that's great. But like, you have to give him time. They're discussing, like, their lives and, uh, you know, what they're going to be doing after the experiment in terms of moving. Um, Austin suggests moving to Silver Spring, Maryland, which uh, Jessica says she's not going to let allow to happen because it's going to be a really far work commute for Austin. Um, then he gets into, like, the actual logistics and the realities of what his work schedule is going to be like, which is going to involve a good bit of travel probably twice a month, and sometimes there are going to be 10-day trips. Jessica is not trying to hear that. She's re you can tell she's really not happy. And, um, you know, she says that this is going to be a really big adjustment. Um, you know, I, I guess that's fine for her. I don't know. The idea of having like 10 days away from my partner sounds like pretty tight, to be honest with you. <laughs> but what do I know? I'm single. Anyway, um... Yeah, so now we're going to Michael and Mika. Y'all, y'all, Michael. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. They're in bed and Mika is bringing up finances. This is obviously like a pre-discussed situation that they were going to show each other their salaries or pay stubs, what have you. So Mika shows hers. And by the way, I looked up what her salary should be like on Indeed or whatever. And she makes a good, a good amount of money, girl. Good for you for 25 for making like, you know, 80, 85,000. Not bad. Um, so she shows her pay stubs and, you know, she's like, this is what I make a week and, you know, multiply it by 52. Here's the number that you come out. Um, Michael says that he doesn't have a pay stub yet because he just got this job, but he shows her the offer letter. I'm getting heated already. He shows her the offer letter because... Choo-choo! Do you hear that? The bullshit train is about to come. Um, so he's like, oh, okay, well, here's my offer letter. Here's what, you know, what we agreed on. And then he pulls out his phone and is like, you know, and this is what I would get uh, after taxes. Mika, who has a math degree and works with numbers all day long, is like, huh. Like, so how did you get the number? She's pointing to his phone from what's on the offer paper. And he's like, oh, you know, mumbling, eh, you know, oh, taxes and 401k flex plan, blah, blah, blah. This is like about what she thinks. She's like, well, there's like a five figure difference between what's on the offer letter and what's on your phone right now. So she's like, please, like, what is going on? <clears throat> She's like, why would your um, company account for the fact that you might have taxes? Like, why are you showing me the after tax, you know, like the net pay instead of the gross pay? She's like, because how would your, uh, you know, how would your school that you work for know what your deductions are, etc.? Like, why, how would they be able to account for that? And he's like, well, I'm showing this to you to the best of my ability. Um, so you should just accept that. And then he says, like, to the camera, 
like in an interview afterwards, he's like, you know, I'm showing you, this is my paper. Um, you know, I, if I show you this letter that confirms my employment, that should end the conversation. Well, no, it really shouldn't be. <laughs> Because that wasn't what the conversation was. The conversation was how much do you make? So he says that he feels like he's honoring his commitment to her, which is bullshit. So then she's like, okay, Michael, just write down like what your actual salary is. So he writes it down on the offer letter. She looks down and is like, bro, Montre, who's the name of the producer who's in the room with them. She's like, I know you guys said that we shouldn't walk away. She's like, but I need a minute. I'm hitting a wall right now. She goes off and, you know, she's like, I'm not going to keep talking. It was like the number that he keeps saying gets lower and lower. She's like, this is a lie. She walks out of the room and goes off on. She's like, I, you know, you know, like, I'm sick of this. He's a liar. I don't want to be with a liar. Do you guys want to be with a liar? Because you guys can have him. He's living his best life lying to me. (laughs) <laughs> he needs professional help and you know I'm not going to keep suggesting my, subjecting myself to a liar which like finally 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 she's had enough because I feel like well I'll touch on this later okay so now we're going to go to Mindy and Zach oh yeah 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 the train is approaching quickly the bullshit train so Mindy has lunch with her girlfriends and thank God for these girls. Shani and the crew are like the type of girlfriends and friends that you want to have because they hold you accountable. They are kind to you, but they, you know, it's very clear that they are not on team Zach at all. They don't understand why Mindy is, you know, trying to keep this, you know, dead horse. <laughs> um, you know, why she keep trying to ride this dead horse and, um, you know, she tells them that they had a, you know, the recommitment thing the last episode and that she decided to recommit. So we're like, okay, why? <laughs> and, um, you know, Mindy, you know, says her the same thing. Like, you know, I consider myself married. I am committed to this relationship. I'm committed to the process. And like, I, and I, I understand this, like, I don't want to regret she's like, I didn't want to say no. And then always wonder like if I should have tried more, if he would have stepped up to the table, et cetera. Like I want to know that like my side of the street is clean and that I did everything I could to try and be in this marriage. Um, so then they're like, you know, he's not a different person. He's just like putting on a different persona and she tries to like, she tells the truth, but she's kind of like, you know, like he has made more effort. They're like, you know, you had these four, um, non-negotiables in terms of moving forward. Those being, you know, he has to be honest. He has to tell her what this alleged secret was that he called her out for lying about. He has to move into the apartment and he has to like make more of an effort to hang out with her off camera. She says that, he is making more of an effort to hang out with her that he is like genuinely trying to do that, that they have hung out. And she says that he did tell her off camera, um, what the supposed lie that she told was. Now it wasn't technically off camera because they do have cameras in the apartment. So we do see the conversation happen. So basically what he tells her is that he heard from this unknown source that knows both Mindy and Zach, but claims that he, that Mindy wouldn't know who this person was, that apparently what happened was that she, 
um, her ex-boyfriend texted her during the honeymoon and he really wanted to pick her up from the airport and take her home when they got back from Panama. But she said no. And she had her friend Shani, who was at the lunch with her now, pick her up. So she's like, you know, I'm, he says that he doesn't know that I wouldn't know who the person was. And she's like, she thinks it's a guy that, that told Zach this. So Shani is like making a face like, okay, (laughs) you can tell she's even more pissed. And then, um, she's like, Mindy, you know, brings up the excellent point. She's like, if I had heard this rumor that like Zach had been speaking to somebody during our honeymoon that I would have brought this up to him. Like, I don't understand why this is something that he had to keep a secret about. So Shani pipes up and says like, I think I know who this person is. She's like, you, you know, like I picked you up from the airport and you told me that your ex really wanted to come pick you up. And she's like, and I told somebody and it was Lindsay. What a jerk. So now Mindy's like, what the hell? And, you know, Mindy's like done. So Zach comes over that night and he's thinking that like, they're just going to have a night to hang out. Apparently he was supposed to be spending the night probably in the spare room again, um, that night. So they pour a glass of wine and he starts to cheers and talk about like how great this week has been and how like the effort has all been worth it. And he's feeling like they're in such a great place. And she's like, well, you know what? I can't really cheers to that. And Mindy, the bad bitch comes alive. I was living. Um, she reveals like, you know, I found out that you, that it was actually Lindsay that, um, told you this and she's like I want to know why and she's Zach says he didn't want to seem like he was being influenced he's like you know there have been like he's trying to hint that there have been a lot of external sources um with regard to Mindy and like he just didn't want to muddy the waters and like he's like I didn't want to make it seem like I was being influenced by all these external sources no sir there one external source the girl that you're flirting with for whatever reason who is her friend, who you are completely dishonest about having a relationship on the side with. Zach says that he regrets mentioning any of this. She's like, you regret mentioning it, but like, not the fact that you lied. And, you know, Mindy says, Mindy has like the patience of a saint. I don't know how she is able to communicate with Zach so calmly and so, um, gosh, like her ability to like communicate under the fact that like she's obviously very upset and she has every right to be, it's like, it's astonishing to me. Um, so Mindy says, you know, I take marriage very seriously and not being able to trust my husband isn't part of the marriage that I wanted to be in. And I told myself that I would only allow myself to be disappointed in you one more time. And I'm sorry, but like, I don't want to be in this relationship this marriage anymore Zach looks really embarrassed um he says like I don't know what to say and I I feel like the lack of transparency really forced yourself to make this decision but I wasn't really expecting it and finally she goes in on him a little bit more again in her very calm Mindy way reminding him that like 
he sat at a dinner questioning her character, questioning the fact whether or not she was honest while secretly building a friendship with Lindsay and that she forgave him for that and really hoped that he would not continue lying. And that's exactly what he did. And she says there's no reason for him to come back to the apartment. Then he needs to grab whatever uh, overnight clothes he had and leave the key. Not once in there, not once the entire episode do we see him say that he feels bad about how he treated her, that he's sorry. He never once apologized to her. He, it's infuriating. Um. So now let's go to Brandon and Taylor. Something about Brandon, I feel like they are like acting out of their asses right now. Brandon and Taylor go to dinner happily. I'm happy to report that, that, uh, Taylor has moved on from her dusty 1998, you know, Beyonce dangerously in love to her wig to a more updated, like Karen Huger season one, maybe two wig. <sighs> Listen, y'all progress, not perfection. They're on better terms and agree that Brandon's going to move back, not only to the apartment, but he's also going to move into the master bedroom and share it with Taylor. And they're really going to give this a shot. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So they go back to the house. He's going to spend the night there. It's, Taylor's like getting changed to go into bed. She's like, I noticed that you didn't compliment me on my dress. I'm like, girl, just like take it for what it is. You know, have the nice night. He doesn't need to compliment you on a dress. But like, if this is a conversation you want to have, then have it. I feel like you guys are not at the point that you need to be complaining that he didn't compliment you. But Brandon says, like, I'm sorry. I, I think you actually do look really beautiful, but you do have to understand that like my walls are still up we're still in a transition and that like I just it's going to be hard for me to be vulnerable again which I thought was like completely fair I don't think that either of them have handled their past and their relationship well but I and I think I don't know but they're trying and at least he's being honest about how he feels so uh, a lot of the crux of this episode is that Dr. Viviana is going to visit the couples and also give them like check in with them about how they're feeling with regard to each other and then also give them exercises to increase their intimacy. So Dr. Viviana comes over to Katie and Derek's place and basically is like, let's talk about all your family trauma and why you guys are fucked up and why you guys basically need this experiment. Um, so basically what happened, Katie and Derek are both um, children of divorce, but it seems like they, the way that they um, 
how it manifested in their lives is like completely opposite. So their parents both got divorced when they were children and they were both forced to kind of grow up more or quick, more quickly than they, you know, should have. And, um, so Derek is saying that like, because of that, he was always kind of like very protective of his inner child. And that's why he's such a dreamer. Like he just always wanted to keep that child, um, within him. But Katie felt like she had to be like the protector of the family. And she said, you know, there was a lot of yelling where I, when I grew up and I was always kind of like staying around to make sure that they didn't hurt each other. And because of that, I feel like I had to grow up in a way and I like had to abandon my inner child. Um, so yeah, that, that, and that her inner child wasn't really able to develop. So they're coming from like similar experiences, but like the way, yeah, the way, the way it ended up is like very opposite. So Derek, you know, is also always being a very supportive and he's like, you know, I'll take her to Dave and Buster's if she wants like to be more playful. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm going to help you like bring the, your inner child out because Viviana's like, do you think that your inner child is even there? She's like, honestly, I don't know. I think this is something that, um, Katie probably needs to work through before she has children because I would I would hate to, for her to be in a situation where like she can't relate to her child or she has expectations of her child that are unfair because like she wasn't given the proper tools to like be a kid like I I, I would just worry that that could manifest itself in like having a really messed up relationship with your children moving forward so I hope she works on that but yeah Derek again very very supportive now we're going to Mindy and Zach. Obviously, they're not together, so Viviana goes to Mindy's place first and talks to her, and, you know, Mindy reveals that Zach lied again and that she ended the relationship. Viviana's really trying not to smile. <laughs> like, you can tell that she's very thrilled. She's like, before I smile too hard, like, how are you feeling? How are you, like, processing this all? And Mindy's like, actually, I feel really great, and I think that, like, this helped me, um, you know, this didn't dim my light at all. If anything, I, I think I learned a lot and, you know, like I am happy, you know, she's like, I'm happy that I stood up for myself and they're like totally on the same page that like she did the best she could. Zach was not invested in being honest to her and also like, you know, having a relationship on the side, whatever you want to call it, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, uh, so trying to find an ally in Lindsay or like flirting with her, who knows what the details, but like, obviously they had a loyalty to each other that superseded their loyalties to Mindy. And that's a problem. Um, so then Viviana goes to Zach's place and he's like, well, you know, like we're not seeing each other, but like, I'm okay. And like, we had this great week, blah, blah, blah. And Viv he, you know, his classic circle talking. She's like, okay, you keep talking about all the positive things, but I just came from Mindy's and she told me that you guys are not together. And he's like, well, yeah. <laughs> so then she asked him like, do you, do you feel like you lied to Mindy? And he was like, no. And she says, I think that I was very misleading. And Viviana's like, this little douchebag, <laughs> like he's such a little, ugh. She, she, you can tell that she's like just sick of him. 
And, um, you know, she asked, like, why wouldn't you just bring up the stuff about her ex? Like, if it was that big of an issue. And he was like, well, I didn't want to make a big deal of it. Like, what? It seemed like you did because you went in a dinner, sat across from a dinner from her at your, I think this was their one month anniversary dinner and called her a liar and told her to really think about what she's lying about. And then told her that you couldn't tell her that's you not making a big deal. Then I would really love to see what you making a big deal is. Um, and Viviana points like, okay, even if you didn't want to make a deal out of it, even if you don't think that you lied, do you have any perspective on the fact that like the effort that you made in investing into your friendship or whatever with Lindsay, don't you feel like that could have been effort that you put towards um, Mindy? And he has like no explanation for that. You guys, I saw, I went to Zach's uh, Instagram a few days ago and he posted a picture of his family at the wedding and it was something along the lines of like, Oh, you know, what would I do with all these people? You know, they're the light in my life. I'm going to look up what people said to him. It was so funny. People were going off. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm not even going to look, sorry, but (laughs) the people were saying things like, your family should be ashamed of of you. I can't believe you would even show a picture of them. They're probably so embarrassed of you. You should uh, listen to your sister. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> just like really going in, like, how dare you? How, you know, how could you do this to Mindy? Yada, yada, yada. I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, okay, so I'm going to read it here as a couple comments he um turned off comments on this by the way um what is that saying a man's word is his honor a question for you did you honor anything you promised in your vows during this time or were you going through the motions to save face it's a shame because i think if you did put a bit of effort into things it might have been different i hope you profusely apologize to mindy for the emotional shit you put her through uh, at Mindy Scheiben, you should be proud of yourself knowing you gave everything to make the process work. Unfortunately for you, it hasn't had the outcome you would hope for, but rest assured you'll find love when you least expect it. I'm going to go for ones that are a little, <laughs> I feel bad for your family. I would be embarrassed and upset if I was related to you, especially your beautiful mom. It's heartbreaking that you put them through this. Um, okay. Uh, I was hoping that you could prove that this was the right journey to take. Um, I almost married a narcissistic asshole myself at Mindy Scheiben. Um, He could have at least given the option to be blurred, given them the option to be blurred instead of people knowing what they look like and see what they they rage. Such a selfish narcissist. (laughs) Somebody just said you and Lindsay, uh, devil emoji, clown emoji. You are such a sick and ridiculous soul. I hope you reap everything that you've given out. Why did you join the show to beat and belittle her? Um, Mandy deserves better. Run, Mindy, run. Okay. Um, Oh my gosh, this is so, so funny. This is so funny. Yeah, people really went in on him and he had to turn the comments off. And he deserves. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. People really went in on him, and thank God for Mindy. He's at the casual athlete on Instagram. If anybody wants to cyber bully him, like I will be doing um, momentarily. Anyway, uh, 
so then we're going to Jessica and Austin, who Dr. Viviana comes over to their place, and Austin says that he's really excited about their future, and Jessica says that, like, after she heard about Austin's travel schedule, that she, you know, maybe sent a couple of frustrated text messages, um, maybe they had a, a curse word in them or two, um, and at, at point, some point, this was brilliant, and I don't even think people clocked it. Viviana's like talking about like oh she mentions like love in reference to their relationship she's like oh um I should correct myself because I use the word love and maybe that's just not the word I should be using right now just ask like doing a very leading comment um obviously she already had a conversation with Jessica prior to this one-on-one where Jessica admitted that she was in love with Austin so it's like (laughs) Viviana knew exactly what she's doing by bringing this up she also knew that after telling Jessica to uh, tell Austin that he she loves him, that she didn't do it. Um, so yeah, this was very manipulative, Dr. Viviana. And I thank you for it. Um, so <laughs> this leads Jessica to say that like, she's like, oh, Viviana's like, oh, you know, like I mentioned the love word, but maybe I shouldn't have because maybe that's not where you guys are yet. And Jessica's like, well, I feel like some of us are there. Um... And then, you know, eventually she says, you know, Austin, I do love you. And Austin (laughs) clams up. They make it seem like he waited forever to, like, think about what to say to her. And, you know, again, he says he needs more time, even though he's never felt this way about somebody so quickly. Like, this is just, like, not his schedule, not on schedule for him. Um, You could tell that, you know, obviously Jessica feels a little bit defeated and but, you know, she she keeps it together. So Viviana goes over to Mika and Michael's place and obviously Mika is at the end of the rope with Michael. Um, Michael says that he's embarrassed because basically what happened with regard to the salary, why he lied is that he was embarrassed because he, he had an initial job offer that had a great salary and it didn't work out. And he says this by no virtue of my own, which I don't believe. So then after that, he basically had to scramble to find a job to just to be gainfully employed at all. Y'all, I don't think that Michael ever had an offer to be a principal. (laughs) I can't, I don't even understand like how something like that. I mean, obviously things fall through all the time, but like I don't. I just can't conceive in my mind how you go from principal to after school and before school care. I don't understand how you do that. Um, So Mika says they're basically stuck in a cycle of vulnerability versus honesty. That she can't be vulnerable with him because he's not being honest. And he doesn't want to be honest with her because she can't, she's not being vulnerable. And, um... Michael says that he doesn't think that he has really processed how his mom not being around has permeated into his life and that lying is basically all he knows. He starts to tear up and, you know, immediately Mika softens. She gets closer to him on the couch and holds his hand. Um, I also don't think that Michael should be teaching kids because, like, if you have all this trauma surrounding, like, your adolescence and the fact that like that manifested itself in you being a pathological liar I just wouldn't want my child to be getting fruit snacks from you at the end of the day I don't know um but 
then he does, I mean, we've heard this adoption story over and over again about how much it's affected him. And I, I, it just doesn't really, I don't know. I, I'm not adopted. I can't speak to that trauma, but it just doesn't seem like it should have been that big of a deal because again, he got adopted very young by a family member, I think his aunt. So I don't know. I mean, trauma happens all the time, but I, it's just hard for me to believe Michael because he lies so much, basically. Um, Michael says that like, you know, he needs to let this go and not to let the past affect his marriage, but it has, and he owns up to the fact that that is his fault. Um, Mika says that she gets aside more and that she understands that he isn't happy at his core with who he is. I fully agree. And I think that that's why he should not be married. Like, I, it's great that you have this breakthrough and you realize, like, why you lie and that it has negative effects on your life and your relationship. But that's, you know, this man is, like, in his 30s and this is something that he's only known his whole life. And I just feel like it's not the responsibility of a 25-year-old to be, to, like, try and work through that. I just... It just seems like a big load to carry on somebody. Um, so Mika goes to dinner with Michael's sister, Tanya, and she kind of asks for more insight into Michael's upbringing. Um, Tanya says that Michael's not like everybody else growing up, and Mika's like, listen, he's been lying to me. He's been lying to me about little things, big things, places he's been, how many miles were in his car, his job, this, that, and the third, and his sister is just like nodding and not really saying anything. And like, I guess being a good sister, it's like, what are you going to (laughs) say? Like, obviously you're going to defend him. Um, so what Tanya says is like, well, what you call lying, he might just call exaggeration. But then she finally relents and is like, listen, if I were in a relationship, I want to have a partner who's honest too. And you know, that would be a big problem for me. Um, she's like, but, you know, maybe his, all the rejection that he's had over the years created the need to, like, be the best version of himself, even if that wasn't the truth. So then Mika says, like, you know, he keeps telling me about this, like, she's saying with me, like, he keeps talking about this adoption thing. She's like, and I don't have any insight into that. Like, it doesn't really make sense to me why adoption equals pathological lying. She's like, but I understand if he has been teased his whole life and rejected his whole life for who he was, then now she's like, now I'm understanding. Um, but she does say, and I think this is extremely fair. She said, I'm willing to help him like as a wife, I'm willing to support him, but he has to do the work. So back to Brandon and Taylor, they're like doing this, they're now in the experiment portion of the episode. So Brandon and Taylor go to where Brandon grew up and his neighborhood and he shows her the basketball court where he spent a lot of time. He says he is an amazing basketball player. We don't see him make a single shot. <laughs> um, wig, Taylor's wig is slipping like diamond from Love is Blind. Anyway, they get into this, like, little, like, stupid flirtatious game of basketball, yada, yada, yada. 
Brandon is acting like he just revealed like the most intimate parts of his life. He's like, oh, I don't really take people here. I've never really brought anybody here. I'm like, okay, it's just a basketball court in a subdivision. But I don't know. I mean, if that's, I think that's like the best he can give in terms of being like open and, and, um, you know, like intimate with her. So I'll, I'll take it. Um, then she asks if, okay, so then they have this card game. They go back to the house and they play this card game. It basically is like, oh, if you get like an eight of clubs and you have to give me eight compliments or, uh, if you get a seven of diamonds and like we kiss for seven seconds, whatever. Um, so you know, they, they give each other compliments, they kiss. Um, Taylor asked Brandon if he was happy to be matched with her. And he was like, Oh, I guess (laughs) she's like, well, what do you mean you guess? And he was like, listen, it's been tough. Um, you know, the situation has been tough, but I'm starting to see the girl that I saw initially come back and I'm happy to, you know, like I'm, I'm happy about that. And I like that girl. Um, Taylor says that she notices that he still has his walls up a little bit and she hopes that that'll change. So Katie and Derek go back to Derek's place, um, where he lives and says like, basically that he was left with like all of his memories that his mom moved to Uruguay. So before leaving, like she gave him all like the memories of him and his sister, like all their, you know, growing up stuff. So they're going through all of that. And, you know, you could just tell that Derek had like a really cute life. He's such a cute kid. So like this, you see his graduation photos from high school. Um, We see his letters to Santa asking him, like, if the cider that we left out gets cold, like you can put it in the microwave for a minute. Like it's just super cute stuff. And then she finds this poem that he wrote when he was like, in like freshman or sophomore year of high school. Um, this is apparently a love poem. It's called sight. It's about like, you know, like, a, a you know, just very emo, like I need you so much. I, I can't do anything without you. Yada, yada, yada. Katie takes this. She is fucking psycho. <laughs> Katie takes this and is like, I'm uncomfortable because obviously you can tap into a love emotion, but you've never been in love. Like, I just find it hard to believe that you've never been in love. What? What? Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
she, I can, like, she, this lady is trying to find every reason to get out of this relationship. She's trying to find anything. She's kind of like Zach in that way, trying to find anything at all for her as a reason for her to get out of this relationship. And I'm not understanding it because Derek seems like a nice guy, but I think I, again, like is something that we're not seeing, like is does she, I I don't know what she's just like projecting a lot of insecurities here. And I think like she really wants a guy who's just like an asshole. I think she wants a guy who makes her have to prove herself but now she's like putting herself in the situation of every guy that has left her and is now like Derek now has to prove his worthy like that he wants to be here that his worthiness in this relationship and it's very weird like imagine being upset about a poem that somebody wrote as a homework assignment when they were 14 like that is so unreasonable. Like, like as an unreasonable person myself, that is wild. That is so stupid that you would genu like she was genuinely upset about that. She was crossing her arms like, "Wow, Derek! Like, oh, hi. you can write this poem, but oh, you never been in love? Like, I'm uncomfortable with this." Okay. Um, and then she finds like he was in a frat in college. She finds this cooler that he that his ex-girlfriend Monica painted and it has like uh on the side of it has like a bucket list where it has just like silly things one of them was um you know it's like throw the biggest party on the beach blah 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 take a hot date to formal and that was checked she was was like oh so was Monica your formal date and he was like yeah you know we went on the date and then afterwards um we snuck into the circus and pet the elephants and she was like wow that's a nice date like (laughs) Katie says that she feels like she has more doubts than ever like she will not even make eye contact with him and like Derek is obviously picking up on this he's like I think that she's very off put by the this poem (laughs) and this is like where he could really go off on her like calm the fuck down Katie like doesn't she work in mental health? Like, does she not seeing how, how she's coming across and how she's acting? This is very strange for me. Anyway, that was basically the end of Katie and Derek for the episode. Back to Jessica and Austin. Um, they go to the beach to work on, uh, Viviana gave them assignment to write a letter to their younger selves. And so Austin wrote it to his college self. Um, basically it was like talking about like, you know, you really need to focus for the future because your life is really going to change. And like, you know, he said, you know, baseball was my whole world and that I just wish that I had focused more on that and known that like, I wasn't going to be playing baseball professionally. So like, you know, and also like maybe I was influenced by the people that I was hanging out with and like, basically it's like stop partying too much and something that you're going to be this big baseball player. Cause you're not. And, uh, you know, Jessica says that she, thought that was really nice. She wrote a letter to her teenage self, basically saying to like live in the moment, to say I love you, to, you know, not regret like living out loud and and being out loud about your love and how you feel about people. Um, you know, she mentions her grandma who I guess probably had recently passed. 
but they don't really get into it. But it's obviously like she mentions her grandma and gets choked up and is like, I know, like, I wish I had spent more time with you. I wish I had said I love you more. And basically she says like, you know, doing this experiment, I now like don't feel embarrassed and I don't regret telling Austin I love him um, because this is like, you know, I, you know, it's never going to like be bad to share your feelings like that with somebody. Um, so that was the end of them. And then the end of the episode, Mindy has a divorce party. She brings all her friends over again. They're amazing friends that are like, you know, even though we're so happy for you, I hope that you like take the good out of this relationship. And she does. She says she has like a great attitude and she's just like really looking forward to the future. Um, so that was really the end of the episode.